Good morning, good morning, good morning, saints of God, people of God, men and women of God, brothers and sisters, uh, prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, those who watch out for the cities and the neighborhoods and the schools and the communities and that they live in and function and work in and, uh, you know, shop in. But we just welcome all you this morning <clears throat> to the Creating a Prayer Pastors Amen out there and whoever else out there this morning that's with us this morning we just welcome you this morning uh, my name is Pastor Lester Hayes with my lovely wife Pastor Sharon Hayes and our two grandbabies amen and uh, we just welcome you this morning amen to the creating of God culture for God this is Thursday morning June the 30th you're now to the last day of this month July this weekend will be the 4th of July weekend some people are going to be off amen uh, some fireworks and, and just celebrate the day of independence and you know how we have our physical freedom as a nation but uh, I'm more focused this morning on dodging that out with our spiritual freedom amen because just because we're physically free and we have called to set off fireworks amen but there's fireworks that should go off in our spirit at the, at the hearing of God's word and, and as we pray this morning being spiritually brought alive by the word of God by the unveiling of the revelations of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we've been talking about love and so that is my focus this morning amen is to bring these revelations to you this morning not about me not about us but about the revelation of Jesus Christ, amen, who is for us, who loves us and loves us so much that he gave, God gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that he was able to believe that God through him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we know it was love that brought that wonderful gift to us. It was love, amen, that caused him to get on that cross and not complain and make him remember. And it was love who allowed him to be taken off that cross and put in a grave and not stay there forever but three days and then glorified rose up out of that grave so that he could become a high priest and intercessor for us it was love on display the whole time that that was taking place so we just give God the praise and going on up for that act of love it was a kind act of love amen and we know that love uh, comes in two forms that we're mainly focused on and that is the agape love and the filial love one is the brotherly love and the lower love, level of love. But then there's the higher level of love, which nothing is greater, no commandment that God has given is greater than that we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the greatest two commandments, and all other commandments that God gave a hinge or hang on those two uh, commandments. Amen. And so we thank God for those commandments, amen. We thank God that it was love that saved us, amen. And that when we allow the love of God to, to function in us by the Spirit, who sheds it abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, according to the book of John, I'm sorry, the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 5 of the King James Bible. So the case can be made for love, amen, that, that type of love. And so the other morning when we was on the line, uh, I had some comments, but I didn't share those comments because I said uh, I will wait to share those comments, amen, you know, some things that I had learned, amen. And so I'm going to share those things up this morning, and if it takes longer then I want to talk about the revelation of love this morning. No problem. I can just end it right there, but I want to be able to, to give it to you and try to get right into the, the word out of the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, part uh, C. So what I wrote down the other morning was that uh, one of the pastors taught uh, uh, we were mobile heading to Valdosta to a dentist, dentist appointment which went well, by the way, too. And it, it says what I wrote down was, what does a Christian do with God's love 24 hours a day when it comes to the Christian's relationship with God based on what the scriptures teach about love? I'm talking about agape love and paleo love. Uh, they both are important, but one just holds a higher level of, of uh, effect than the other. 
uh, but they're both are from God and required by God. And so we just have to be able to distinguish between the two. Sometimes we run both of them together as though they're the same, one and the same. And I hear people a lot of times talk about how they treat people, or how people treat them. And, and uh, they, they, you know, like, I gotta love my brother, gotta love my sister. And sometimes uh, it's difficult because without first loving God, it's hard to love someone else because the conditions get in the way. You know, first time they do something that we don't like, now that love gets dampened, it gets weakened. And that's just human nature. And so, and we'll say, well, you know, God know what's in my heart. But they, they know about now that I love them. I'm just now a little bit upset with them. And so, not what we feel. That's, that's, not, that's not God's love. Love is not based on what we feel. It's not based on our emotions at any given time. Or is it based on, but it is based on our daily decision. See, love is daily, 20, some decision. Because the trials are going to keep coming, the tribulations are going to keep coming, people are going to get on our nerves, people are going to rub us the wrong way, people are going to get offended. We don't even get angry. Now, I've been angry more here in this past year than I've been in a long time now. I had some angry seasons when I was in the military. Every soldier have with leadership, subordinates, period, you know, just the system in, in general. Had a few moments after I retired out of the military because trying to work with veterans to get their claims through and get cussed out and all of that. But angry as I could be without sinning, you know, and it was God's love that helped me back from sinning in those situations. Some of them uh, I might have slipped, you know, and, and, and but I quickly realized it and I repented. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did that because I love God and I always want him to be pleased and I know he's watching 24 hours a day. He not in slumber, no sleep. And so I'm pretty sure I repented because I'm right now in his good graces. So obviously I must have, I must have, I don't, you know, it's been so long ago. But uh, every day, you know, so it's not about the way we feel. It's not based on our emotions, but it's based on a daily decision that we make to love. Uh, I started teaching and training myself to just choose to love everybody all the time in every situation. And it can be a comfort, it can be a team if you choose it, you know, and you say it to yourself, you minister to yourself. And then I throw in because that's how God loved me. And so if I love others the way Christ loved me, I'm pleasing God. And I please people. Some people may not accept your love once you have had that little spouse or that little whatever they look at you and say well you know how can you say you're a Christian you talk to me that way you know amen but until they reach or obtain that ram that, that ram or that level of love that you are trying to operate and perfect and you they'll never understand you know but because they'll expect brotherly love and they won't quite understand God's love unless they're another Christian and they they're, you know they understand the first two commandments so it's all part of it but most of the time, people base it on how they feel, how people make them feel, and they base it on their emotions at the time. And love is a, is a very strong emotion. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Castbox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube, and Google Podcast. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen to the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share His good news. Uh, so. Please join us. And now, let us get back to the message. God bless. But sometimes it could be the wrong motive behind it. But when that decision is made daily, 24 hours a day, you know, and I, I say it all the time, you know, God, I love you. Throughout the day, I see things going on. I see good things. Some people sometimes get kind of mixed up because they think because God is love, you're never supposed to see anything negative. You're not supposed to. This whole world is like that. It's full of trials and full of tribulation. And 
God is a, a, a you know, God's love is also a love that judges. It judges wickedness. It judges righteousness. It judges unrighteousness. You know, that's his love. You know, he chasing those whom he loves. So don't always make uh, the love of God be gloomy, gloomy because we're misleading people. And they'll think they can do wrong and nothing is, there's no consequences. But God's love is also full of judgment, full of wrath. And it's because, uh, you know, he told you what he was going to do if you do this, if you hearken to the word of God, do all he commanded you, then blessings is going to be there. But at the same time, he says, if you don't, the, the curse is going to be there. The, the disease is going to be there. So that's, that's love. You know, that is love. Love is it's a two-edged, any word of God is a two-edged sword. So it cuts both ways. You know, so don't don't be afraid sometimes to tell people that there are negative consequences. They're in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, warning after warning by the prophets. And God warns ahead of time, give you a chance to get it right because he loves us, you know, because he loves us. So I'm not here to paint a beautiful, gloomy picture about love and just have goosebumps all over you because it ain't about your feelings, it ain't about your emotions. I'm not here to make you feel good. You know, I'm here to help you be free. You know, from just feeling good, but living a life of love from God, being on the receiving end of his love. And to do that, you got to get rid of all the negative stuff in your life. But how can you if you don't know what they are? How can you if you don't know which enemies are? How can you if you don't know the warning? You know, and so I just wanted to throw that in. But it's not about the feeling. It's not trying to make you feel good. It's not based on your emotions. That's why we're striving for emotional wellness this year, trying to learn how to get above and beyond our feelings. You know, and make a decision every situation and circumstance. Make a decision to love God, to show your love and to prove your love to him based on what's written in the scripture. So I learned early on in, in my walk with God that it's based on a decision. That's the simple fix right there. It's based on a decision. I'll give you an example because when people were crying out to God, his people primarily in Egypt in bondage. And Moses kept going to the Father, crying on behalf of the people. And finally the Lord said that their cry came up to him and he heard their cry. And he was not ready to act and do something about it. God made a decision to do something about it. And the something that he did was he took his only begotten son, had counsel with him, and Jesus accepted it. He said, Father, you know, I'll go. You know, if that's your will for me, I'll go. Jesus had to make a decision. Moses had to make a decision to go to God. You know, Moses had to make a decision not to go to Pharaoh on behalf of God. Because it was all about the love of his people who was in a, in a very negative situation. You know, and here God is. He, he, he's hearing their cry. He's touched by the cry of his people. You know, his compassion was stirred up to move on their behalf and free them. So he tells Moses, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. I got it, Moses. And so he sends Jesus because he loved the world. Now he tells us not to love the world. So I think a lot of times that's what throws people off. But we are to love the people of the world. We're not to love the world because the world is made up of a system of, uh, I'll call it religion, that's created by man. And sometimes we get caught up in all those religions and they say different things about love and they say different things about a way to get to God. And we get caught up in that and we don't understand that nothing can separate us who are, who are, who are now God's children can separate us from the love of God. And there's a lot of confusion out there about the love of God and God's truth. And uh, we don't want to add to the confusion, but we want to try to bring some light to it. And we can't do it without the scriptures. The scriptures is the light. And at the instance of the scripture, it gives it light. It gives it light on love. It gives it light on the both sides of love, the two types of love, which one has the higher precedent than the other. It will just stick with the scripture. And uh, be careful the things that we say sometimes, the things that we do sometimes. Make sure they're backed up by the scriptures. You know, I love to talk about love. Let's talk about peace. I love to talk about everything in the word. And I don't feel any condemnation when I do. If you're telling people the truth about the word, then, you know, sometimes people say, well, I don't care what they think anyway. I'm going you know, to say this right here because, you know, well, that's fine. Don't get caught up in your feelings and your emotions. But make a decision. Am I going to do it God's way? Because he does have a way to do it. Book of Matthew chapter uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 33, the king down down to do it his way. His way is always the way of the word. That's why he gives it to us. And so, you know, I learned that it's based on a decision to love everybody, choose to love everybody. 
all the time, every situation, but also choose God's way. And his way sometimes is judgment. His way sometimes is discipline. His way sometimes is chastening us because he loves us. Amen. And people don't understand that unless we understand that. And so don't talk out of one side of our face. Talk out of both sides because the sword is two edges on it. You know, and because he loves us, he chastens us too. That's the father's love. You know, he whips, I say he whips us spiritually back into, you know, into the family where like sheep, you know, that one sheep, he'll, he'll bring them back. He'll go get that one sheep and bring them back. Well, what caused them to be separated? Something they did, a choice they made. And since God has already made a choice to send his son, he died for that one sheep in 99 is fine. So go get that one, and, you know, and, and take that sheep hole and just nudge it. That's why he carried that staff. We'll nudge it back in, and beat it, touch it on the back end, let it know. Get back in here, you know, you know, because he ain't gonna let us be separated from his love. He do work like that sometimes. A decision to do what, Pastor? Love the Lord with all of our soul. Very powerful statement there, which means to love the Lord on good days, on bad days, and on all days, and in between all days. It means having an earthly and an eternal love affair with him because of his amazing, awesome, incredible, unconditional agape love for us. Loving God with all of our life is not some conjured up idea. It's not wishy-washy love. It's consistent. It's firm. It's very clear. It's not hard to understand. It's very simple. It is not uh, uh, that it's something that is controlled by feelings, emotions, but a decision, as we stated earlier, that every believer is required now, demanded by God, to make daily proven that we know God and that we know his love. And so uh, I love the scripture. I was going to share another morning over in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, the King James Bible, that it's always back there with when he gave Moses to write this, he inspired Moses to write this as a part of the law for his children that he loved so much that's in bondage. And this is what he says to Moses to teach and tell them. He says, here, I love this word, here. A lot of times we hear what we want to hear instead of hearing what we need to hear. I like to hear the voice of God when I read his word. Sometimes I may have to read it a dozen times to hear what God is saying. I know what the, 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 the letter of the law that's written is saying. I mean, I can comprehend that. A lot of us can. We, we can read it and say, okay. But I got to get above the literal and the figurative meaning, the physical part of it, like the black and white of it. And I got to be able to discern it spiritually. So I may have to hear it a few times because we know faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm dealing with a certain feeling, a, a certain emotion about to react to something, I got to make a decision. And a lot of times that decision is going to be based on what I hear because if what I hear don't help me please God, it don't matter how many people I please. What I hear don't propel me to make a decision that remember now you love God. Are you gonna or your is your decision gonna prove that you love him, that you know him? And so I gotta keep hearing it until that revelation light goes off. And then make a decision because it's well informed now. And I, what I'm doing is I'm making a decision where whatever I feel, whatever my emotions are, it's not gonna separate me from the love of God because that's clear in my mind. That this is not gonna be detrimental. It may be hard, it may be tough. It may hurt some people's feelings. It may offend some. But the Lord had already said many are going to be going to be offended by this gospel. You, many people are going to take it the wrong way. But there are going to be those, thank God, for those who will take it and receive it, believe it, and be blessed. You know, so it's, 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 it's different uh, responses uh, to a love message that sometimes talk about judgment. It talks about the wrath of God. talks about the punishment of God talks about the negative action and, and the consequences that come with it from some people, especially Christians sometimes. It's worse for us Christians sometimes than it will be for some people that never knew anything about the gospel. And so he says, here, right off the bat, here, O Israel. Now he's talking to the whole nation. Here, O Israel, his chosen people. Obviously, they had been hearing some of everything about love. Now God is telling them to hear. Hear it again. Hear, hear what I'm getting ready to say through Moses. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love 
the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And he says, and these words which I here it is not commanding. I talked about what is required of us, what we're commanded to do. He says, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's a lot of times it's a problem. You know, we don't have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts like we should. Uh, we don't have the word of God hidden in our heart of our sin against him like we should. That's why sometimes the feelings and the emotions take precedent instead of a decision. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Oh, that's what's happening with the generation coming after us, why they struggle to love so much hate right now. They go buy guns at age 18 and kill folks. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Talk about everything but that. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt Bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Now, you have to remember who you are, who we are as believers. We are the church. I was having a conversation with my neighbor. She kept talking about the four-wall building. Church, church, church. I don't go to church like I used to. I didn't get back in church. I love my church. And I said, well, sister, you are the church. And her her mother and I was outside having church. And I began to just share the word with her, minister to her, and eventually her mom went on in the house. But she stood there like she was frozen time. And tears, and after about 15 or 20 minutes, tears just began to roll down her face. And I realized for 15 minutes I had sat there coming back from the mailbox, just talking to her about the love of God, talking about the word of God. And she began to open up about all the problems and struggles and how she'd been treated in the church and how she said, what about these bishops and these apostles and these prophets are doing all of this and doing all of that, begging folks for money. And she said, I'm just struggling with that, blah, 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 blah. I said, boy, this is my conversation right here. But I didn't go there to talk about those people. I just simply told her, God sees that. God will judge that because God loves those people. They're in error right now. They think what they're doing is right. They don't know no better. If they did, they would do better. I said, but let's not judge anything before it's time. I said, right now, let's, let's, let's look at and examine how it's making you feel. I said, because what is happening with this, you have gotten caught up in your feelings and your emotions. That's all that is. And now you've got to make a decision. Forgive them. Move on. I think you still attend. Yeah, that's still my church. I love my my church members. I love my pastor members. I love the choir. I, love I said, well, do you love God more? Because all I'm hearing is saying is how you love them. But do you love God? And she said, well, you know why God let them out? I said, you can't judge God. You're going to be judged by God. And we went on and on and on until probably two hours into the into the ministry to her out there, man. She's broken. She's, now she, she wanted to, 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 to join what we're doing. Because she said, I have learned more. That's there. All of a sudden, walks out the gym. She said, you going to come and eat your, your dinner? And uh, I began to tell her a little bit about what was taking place. And the girl said, Miss Sharon, I have learned more in these times standing here talking to her than I have learned the whole time I've been in church. But it was all about the love of God, but it was also about the judgment of God. And she was struggling with trying to see, see the, make the distinction. And I told her, well, don't, don't, don't be confused by what those people are doing. God's going to deal with them the same way he did with you right now, in love. He's got to the point time for them. And so that just kind of, like, you know, makes the case for what we're doing. And so he said, you know, you got to always have that word that is available. Because it'll answer anybody's problem. It'll locate where people are at. That's what love does. Love will search you out. Now, let me tell you something about love that I probably never have said before. When I walked back in the house and I heard the Lord say, love is eternal. It has eternal implications. What you said and shared with her would never leave her. Because she really heard a good picture about the love of God. So it freed her from her feelings, from her emotions, which had kept her out of church. A church full of people that she said she loved. But she's not going there because of some things that they did and said and some things that she's aware that they're doing. It's her feelings and her emotions that brought her out. 
it wasn't the love of God that drew her out. Her, her heart is still there, but her body is out, you know. And, and that's fine. You can be in a building and still have your heart. It's like being in the world but not of the world. You can be in the church and not be of the mess and the drama and all the false teaching and all that that's going on. And you can be the light that shines in there that show love. It might be the, the breakthrough for them. Because the love is in your heart. It ain't about nothing until you give it away, until you share it. And I told, told her that, you know, that you sound like you got the love of God in your heart, but you don't know what to do with it because your feelings and emotions are overriding that. And that's a horrible place for a person that's full of love to be where you have feelings and emotions taking precedent over the love of God that's shed upon your heart. When I told her about the love of God that's shed upon the heart, I said, I know it's shed upon your heart, sister, because I'm looking at you right now. Everything I told you about Jesus, what he went through, I shared with you some, what some prophets went through for Jesus. You, you, you were able to receive that. You believed that. You said you never, you heard that, but you never really heard it like that. So she didn't get the love part, how God chastened Paul, Peter, all those people that, they teach about it in the church, but they don't really teach it the way it really is written. They teach it the way they understand it, the way they see it. That's why you got to hear, hear, hear until the revelation comes. That's why the Lord told his children of Israel, they knew about God, they never seen it. But see, they hadn't been hearing it the right way. You know, they thought God was punishing them. They didn't realize, no, it ain't God, it's Pharaoh punishing y'all. It ain't God leaving y'all in that situation, you know? It's God that's going to get you out of that situation, you know, because he loves you. But you got to hear that. You got to hear what the man of God is saying. You got to hear what Moses is saying to you, you know. And he said he went back to God many, many times and said, Lord, they're bickering, they're murmuring, they're complaining, Lord. God. And God finally said, that cry has come up to me. It, it is, I've been touched by it. I've been touched by their infirmities, by their affliction. I'm getting ready to move but I'm going to move in love. You might not understand this love because I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart even the more each time Moses. And I can just imagine the impact that had on Moses. I'm going to God talking about, you know, getting his people out, loving them and bringing them out of bondage. And he's talking about hardening somebody's heart. See, that's the part of love people don't understand. And sometimes God would do things like that to get us to see his love in a, in a different way. A lot of times we don't want to hear that. We just want to hear the good stuff. We want to hear about the, you know, the, oh, how good I feel that God loves me. We don't hear about We don't hear about the father chasing his children. You know, we don't, we don't hear about that. You know, just, just people in general. You know, I won't say Pharaoh was one of his children, but eventually when he saw that sea closed and all his 10,000 chariots drowned, he stood there then, man, and realized that Moses God is who he said he is. I am that I am. And I believe something touched Pharaoh at that moment. I don't give any documentation that he repented, you know. But I believe it had a lasting impression on him that for all the negative he had done, God would not let him allow him to do any more. And God put him in a position now. And it's like a lot of us. Step away from his feelings, step away from his emotions. He was hurt about his son that was supposed to precede him on the throne. But it was not going to happen. All of those 10,000 chariots drowned, his empire destroyed. That was the love of God for his people. And Pharaoh saw that firsthand. And I believe he had some regret. I don't know, but I, I just can't think that a human would not have regret for, you know, for taking on a God who. Who, who uses Ralph too out of love for his people and judgment. And at that moment, the wrath of God hit them, bounded them, but God's people weren't free. And I believe he, he had to acknowledge that even though he may not have confessed that. You know, but I believe in his heart, he was like, man, man that, that Moses God ain't no joke. That I am God ain't no joke. He loved them folks, my slaves, so much. He was trying to get them back. Not, not because he loved them. But because God loved them, God freed them. And he had an opportunity right then and there to accept that love himself. I showed him that, trying to draw him by love and kindness, letting him see it, you know. And so he tells Israel to make sure you hear, oh, Israel. And the same thing he's telling us today. And um, something else I wrote in my note, it says here, oh, Israel, the Lord our God, 
the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. So now this is known as a Hebrew word called Shema, S-H-E-M-A. And it's taken from the word heal up here, you know. In Hebrew, the modern Jews considered uh, saying something that you hear a lot of times until it manifests. That's what that word kind of means, that you hear it. But what is the purpose of hearing it? So you can start to say it to yourself. Like I say all the time now, ever since I've learned the importance of this, it's saying that I choose to love everybody. So this is what God was trying to get them to do. Instead of talking about how bad Pharaoh was treating them, how bad they had it, he wanted them to start talking about, you know what I'm saying? I choose to love my enemy. I choose to love Pharaoh. I choose to love this person, that person, in spite of my feelings, in spite of my emotions. Because I'm hearing that that message of love, and I heard it, and it freed me. So if I hear it enough, it'll propel me now to want to love my enemy and pray for them. So it's about that 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 shema, you know, that being able to hear that Hebrew word that God wants us to consider, consider what, so that we can begin to rehearse it, begin to recite it, begin to declare it, both even in mourning, to be one of their most sacred duties. That was one of the most sacred duties that they had. But they had no clue how to fix that situation they were in. Okay, so God gives Moses this word here, and it's a lot packed in that word here right there. You know, start saying this. Don't start saying that. Don't get caught up in your feelings and emotions. It was cited by Jesus as the greatest commandment in the law. When we look over in the book of Matthew, Matthew, let me just read this in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37, verse 39. It says, Jesus said unto them, now that was through the running back there, God tell them Moses and tell them to hear. Now let's see what Jesus said right here in the New Testament. We over here now. And he said, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that's in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 37 and verse 39. Now look at that. Jesus took what Moses God said to Moses back then to the other people. Now here Jesus is over 2,000 years later. Nothing has separated God's people from his love. Same method then, same message, different time frame, different circumstance, different situation. And here the Lord teaching his disciples now how to love. You know, the Lord your God with all your heart, my soul, and strength. Same thing back there he told them to hear Y'all know Pharaoh whooping you real good. You got to say, but I'm going to get you out of that because I love you. And here Jesus telling the disciples, now the same thing that was told back there. Now it's like, are y'all hearing what he's saying? His disciples, his followers, you know, hasn't changed. It's the same thing today, just like it was. And we say all the time, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. This command seems to be responsible. I mean, I'm sorry, impossible to obey. You know, here it is 2,000 years later. He's still telling them the same thing. Obviously, there's been some struggle from the time Moses said it, and God gave it to him and demonstrated his love for his people by getting them out. So now, 2,000-something years later, here Jesus is standing here face-to-face with his disciples and teaching them the same lesson. Obviously, there must have been some toil and some feelings and some emotions that kept some people separated from this love down through them 2,000 years. I mean, if you go read the scriptures in between when Deuteronomy 6 and 4 was, was, was given to Moses, inspired by Moses the right, and the King James Bible, and then you come all the way, you look, read all the scriptures down to Matthew and the New Testament, you probably encounter some references there to a lot of things, and we might look at a few of those in a minute. It talks about that, that challenge. So this command seems to be impossible uh, to obey back then and today. That's because, in my opinion, uh, in the natural state of man, it is impossible. But the spiritual state of man should be totally different. There is no greater evidence of the inability of man to obey God's law than this one commandment. No human being with a fallen nature can possibly love God with all of his heart soul and strength 24 hours a day it's humanely impossible but to disobey any of god's commandments is sin and that's the thing we got to remember right there this is why we need god to shed the love of god in our hearts 
you know, by the Holy Ghost. So we don't sin against God. That's why it's a habit word in your heart that you don't sin against God because it's impossible. I don't have the ability to, even though I want to, even though I think I can. That's why I keep choosing to love everybody because I'm not there yet. That's probably will never, that will probably never get completely done in my life like God desired. But as long as I'm working on it, as long as I'm working toward it, building that future, you know, that God desires so I can be optimally overall well in all of these areas, especially love. And that's for anybody. That's universal for anybody out there, especially those of us who confess to be believers, children of God. You know, we have the language, we have the words, we say it a lot. We need to keep on saying it until it manifests. I need to keep me out of the way because there's that possibility that I could think what I'm doing is loving God, but it could be sin in the eyes of God. But sometimes we put things and self above God. It's just human nature. It's just human nature. And a lot of times people put us in that position because they add these, 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 you know, hats on the back and, and tell you how great you are. And, you know, you're a great football player. You're a superstar. You got a great future. The favor of God is on person. And even save me. Somebody favor God on. And that's what a, t- a lot of times Christian leaders do. They, they see good works. Well, they see works of righteousness, but they don't see the difference between good works and the works of righteousness. And so a lot of times we start declaring that that's the favor of God. When the per- we don't even know if the person knows God. You know? And that's what he means about don't get the love twisted. Make sure we know that that is a child of God. The Bible says, you know, cast out your prayers amongst swine. And see, that's the love of God that resists that temptation. Just tell them they did a great job. That's good. God bless you for that. And then he goes on to say, you know, uh, you know, it could be, it could be sin. Feelings and emotions sometimes could lead to sin. It's like, you know, when he said, if a man commits adultery and his heart is already committed to the, the sins of, of the of adultery. Because that emotion, you saw that that beautiful physical body that the 10, as we say, or 12 plus, you know, and we start to undress and, and, and see myself with it. David did it, y'all, and David was a man after God's own heart. So let, let's be real here. Let's keep it real. David did it. So never say what I'm not going to do. The temptation is there. And the Lord said, hey, everybody is commonly tempted by Satan, not by God. He tempts no one, nor is he tempted by evil. But we are tempted. But God says that that's common to man. But with the temptation, I won't put more in you than I know you can bear. I'll make a way for you to escape out of it that you can bear it. Love helps us to bear temptation and not give in. Because we're always keeping in our mind the love of God, not how I feel by what I'm seeing or perceive, not what I'm, I'm feeling I can get away with because I'm in this position. A lot of that goes on in the church today. Just because people wear a title and I'm not, attacking people i'm talking about exposing the spirit that's in them they think that they can receive the congregation already premeditated what they're going to say but you know all of us fall short every man got some skeletons y'all do the same thing you know already got that prepared in case they get caught and then when they get caught that's exactly what they do but they say they love god but they got caught up in their feelings and they got caught up in their emotions and they didn't make a decision not to do it not to engage the temptation was there they didn't look for God to wait to escape. They looked for a way how to do it and get away with it. That's the sin he's talking about. It is a no God love. It separates you from it until you repent and get it right. I mean, it's still there. The love of God is still there. You're not totally separated from it. You're just separated. Sin separates you from it momentarily until you repent. I think sometimes people need to elaborate a little bit more on that because there's nothing can separate me from the love of God. Yeah, he's talking about his children who really, really have received him, who really, really are serving him and striving. Not to sin and get away with it, but to not sin. So you have to try to get away with it. Now that's the individual that will never be separated from the love of God. But for a person who's, uh, you know, premeditatedly sinning, whether it be in their heart or in action, sin separates us from the love of God. That's the only thing they can but it's not permanent because God is on certain. He gives you a chance to repent and then he's faithful and just to forgive you and put you right back in right standing. Now that's the love of God. 
may may chasing you a little bit, may punish you a little bit in the process. But once you make that decision, that love now becomes uh, over overwhelming of anything that you have fallen short to. Now you understand God never separated me from his love. I separated from him. I separated from his love. He didn't separate me from his love. I did because I made a choice, and it was a bad choice. Well, I make a choice to put myself right back in the right standing with God. I'm down to a decision. And he goes on to say here, this is the reason why Jesus continuously, continuously reminded the Pharisees of their inability to keep the law of God. He was trying to get them to see their utter spiritual bankruptcy and their need for a Savior. Without the cleansing of sin that he provides and the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit who lived in the heart of the redeemed, a loving God to any degree is impossible. Loving God to any degree. Now, it didn't say God is going to stop loving you. But it says it stops us from loving him to any degree that's significant. But as Christians, we have been cleansed from sin, and we do have the spirit. That's a big spirit now, Holy Spirit. So how do we begin to love God the way we should? Just as a man, okay? As God, uh, ask God to help us, help our unbelief, so too, uh, so we can ask God to help us in the areas where we don't love him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. It is his power that we need to do the impossible. And we begin by seeking and appropriating that power. In most cases, our love and affection for God grows more intense as days go by. Certainly as young Christians, newly saved, are very much aware of the love of God initially. We all are like that. We have that zeal. And that's the love of God and their love for him. You know, we, we feel it. Sometimes it wears over periods of time dealing with people. But it is through the witness of God's faithfulness during times of struggle and trial that a deep love for God grows and grows. Over time, the witness, we witness his compassion, his mercy, his grace, his love for us, as well as his hatred for sin. There it is right there, his hatred for sin, regardless of who life is in, saved or unsaved. His holiness, regardless of who life is in. His righteousness, regardless of who life is in. We cannot love someone we don't know. Got to get to know God. That's love. So knowing him should be our first priority. Those who pursue God and his righteousness, who take seriously the command to love him above all else, are those, are those, are those who are consumed with the things of God, not the things of this world. They are eager to study God's word, eager to pray, eager to obey, and eager to honor in all God in all things, and eager to share Jesus Christ with others without any condition. It is through this spiritual discipline, these types of spiritual discipline, that the love of God grows and matures to the glory of God. And so, uh, you know, that was the notes I was going to share uh, the other day. Amen. And so let me just give you a couple of uh, verses out of the book of First John to tie this up. And then I'm going to close here. Uh, I'm right on time here with my time. And so I want to just give you a couple of more uh, verses here so it all tie together, together here and uh, get you out of here so you can get to work and do whatever it is you got to do today. Uh, with respect to your time. Amen. I don't want to hold you long, but, you know, over in the book of 1 John, uh, chapter 4, amen, uh, chapter 4, verse 7, amen, we talked about we're going to deal with a uh, part. Well, we'll finish up part, uh, part B uh, that talked about you know, that spiritual love of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And it says, he that loveth the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And that's in the book of Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 37, the King James Bible. You know, um, God's people is in that position. 
thought highly of Moses, and sometimes they didn't think highly of Moses. They thought highly of God, and sometimes they did. Sometimes some of them thought highly of Pharaoh, and sometimes they didn't. So they had all these emotions, all these feelings. They, they didn't know, you know. But today, in the book of Matthew, which is now the New Testament, God has brought us out from Egypt, brought us out from that bondage. And he's telling us today, make sure your loyalties are where they need to be toward God first. Love the Lord first. He tells us this right here. Now, this is the love that Jesus had for the Father. This is the love that's supposed to be demonstrated to us. The same love Jesus had for the Father. He wants that same love to be between him and us and us, him, and the Father. But he's saying, look, you gotta, you can't love anybody else. That Felipe love where you love your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your friends, whoever, more than you love God is a problem. It's how God perceives it. It's not how we think it. It's not how we say, well, God, you know I love, but it's not how we see it. It's not how we feel about it, think about it. But it's how he stated it in the word. Put God first with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then love your neighbors, you know, your family, your, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brother, whoever, you know, second. Uh, over in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 1, as I move to close, King James Bible says this, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began uh, to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the supporter. Now, here they are. Because they loved him and they knew he loved them, they had seen him raise their brother Lazarus back to they They knew that he was the resurrection. He was the Christ. And what drew them to get up that morning and go there and see what he said was the truth when everybody else was doubting it. They thought he was gone forever. But because of the love of God that was in their heart that they held on to, they knew that he loved Lazarus, his, his, their brother. They knew that he loved them because he came, even though it was four days later, and Lazarus was dead and stinking. But the love of God, she will bring you back from death, physical death, spiritual death. Wherever the death is at, love will bring life to it. Because we've got to remember now, Love is eternal. If you don't get nothing else that they understand, love is eternal. It never dies. It never stops giving life. Okay? All the other emotions and feelings take life. None of those other emotions and feelings can give life. Only love. Even when a person is dead, the love of God can bring them back to life. And we see it here. That's why they went there. They were drawn by the love of God. And they went to see, did his father love him so much that he raised him up just like Jesus said on the third day it would happen? See, that's love. They had to go there and see. And so everybody else was caught up in their feelings and emotions. Okay, he's gone. And they met them on the way back and told them about it. First one to make that announcement. That the love of the father, Jesus Christ, his son, he is risen just like you said. See, that's love. Love will make you go tell the truth to those daughters. You know? But he'll cause you to come and see him and hear him and remember what he said. Hear, 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 until it manifests. Now, they heard Jesus when he talked. Some of the others heard him. But did they hear the way that they heard? Then why weren't they the ones, first ones that they grade? We as Christians, why aren't we the first ones to share love sometimes? The love of God that's in our heart, God, the Holy Ghost. Just a, just a, a thought to ponder, you know. And so we're going to end right here this morning. Uh, one last scripture I will give to you, and then we're going to end. And it says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. And he didn't send me to hate you or condemn you, even though that happens sometimes because of disobedience. You know, but God sent him primarily to bring love to the people who was without love. And that's the thing we have to understand sometimes. We don't need love just say we need love. We need love because we're not love. We need love because we hate. We need love because we're caught up in our feelings and emotions. And so we can't deny those negative emotions and feelings are out there. And love is what conquers them. It conquers all fear. There's no fear in love, but people are bound by fear. They're bound by their feelings. They're bound by their emotions. And they got to be brought out. And love is powerful enough to do that. And that's why we have to always look at both sides of what was the need for love. And it was hate. It was feelings and emotions that was running rapid, causing division and separation, causing people to doubt God. And he sends a message to them about love. By loving kindness, how about drawing me? And so 
So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for your word. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for what we've learned and heard this morning. Now, Lord, help us to be able to go forth and walk in that commandment, Lord God, that we show the love of God through us. Because it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And that others, God, will see that light and they'll see that love and they'll follow us as we follow you in love. And prayerfully, Lord God, along the way as they follow us as we follow Christ. Because we shared the truth, the hard, cold truth with them. We didn't paint it to be all gloomy. We told it just like you told it. We warned where you warned. And we gave good news where there was good news. But we also gave the bad where there was bad news. It's in the scriptures. And so we give the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. People got to know, God, that there are consequences for their choices. There are consequences when they get caught up in their feelings and emotions whether they're in the church or out of the church. It's universal for all of us, Lord. We all have to live up to these standards. But we can't go around and make our own and call it God. We have to go by your unadulterated and follow the authentic word of God. And sometimes you said it's going to be a stumbling block for people because they're going to say, well, how can God do that? And how can God allow that? Because of love, that's the only way, God, that you can judge the unrighteous, wicked deeds of the unbelievers. It's because of love, because you love the ones who are obeying your word and following your commandments. To show to those, Lord God, just like you did to Pharaoh, that you are real. You God of love. And you chasing what needs to be chased, especially that that belongs to you. And you punish that, Lord God, that don't belong to you and hopes that they would turn to you before it's too late. Now that's love. It's able to draw people, the hard-hearted, the stiff-necked, the unsaved, the wicked, the evil, because all souls belong to you. And you say, he who wins souls is the wise one. And sometimes, Father, we have to tell the hard truth in order for people to hear the truth. As you said, hear, O Israel. You're saying to us, hear. Keep hearing until you get the revelation that there's two sides to the sword. And so, Father, we thank you for it now. We praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.